Stories from the Mont d'Arthur and the Mabignon. Chapter 19, Book 5. The Adventures of Sir Geraint. Written by Beatrice Clay. This is a LibriVox recording. All LibriVox recordings are in the public domain. For more information, or to volunteer, please visit LibriVox.org. Book 5. Sir Geraint. Chapter 19. The Adventures of Geraint It befell one Whitsunday that Arthur was holding his court at Caroleon, when word was brought to him of a splendid white stag that ranged the forest of Dean, and forthwith the king proclaimed a hunt for the morrow. So, with the dawn, there was much trampling of hooves and baying of hounds, as all the knights got to horse. But Queen Guinevere herself, though she had said she would ride with the hunt, slept late, and when she called her maidens to her, it was broad day. Then, with much haste, she arrayed herself, and taking one of her ladies with her, rode to a little rising ground in the forest, near which, as she well knew, the hunt must pass. Presently, as she waited, there came riding by the gallant knight, Sir Geraint of Devon. He was arrayed neither for the chase, nor for the fight, but wore a surcoat of white satin, and about him a loose scarf of purple with a golden apple at each corner. And when the queen had answered her salutation, she said, "'How is it, prince, that ye be not ridden with the hunters?' "'Madame,' answered he, "'with shame I say it, I slept too late.' Smiling, the queen said, "'Then we are both in the same case, for I also arose too late. But tarry with me, and soon you will hear the baying of hounds, for often I have known them to break covert here.' Then as they waited on the little woodland knoll, there came riding past a knight full-armed, a lady with him, and behind them a dwarf, misshapen and evil-looking, and they passed without word or salutation to the queen. Then Guinevere said to Geraint, Prince, know ye yonder knight? Nay, madam, he said, his arms I know not, and his face I might not see. Thereupon the queen turned to her attendant and said, Ride after them quickly, and ask the dwarf for his master's name. So the maiden did as she was bidden, but when she inquired of the dwarf, he answered her roughly, I will not tell thee my master's name. Since thou art so churlish, said she, I will even ask him myself. That thou shalt not, he cried, and struck her across the face with his whip. So the maiden, alarmed and angered, rode back to the queen and told her all that had happened. Madam, cried Geraint, the churl has wronged your maiden and insulted your person. I pray you, suffer me to do your errand myself. With the word he put spurs on to his horse, and rode after the three. And when he had come up to the dwarf, he asked the knight's name, as the maiden had done, and the dwarf answered him as he had answered the queen's lady. I will speak with thy master himself, said Geraint. Thou shalt not, by my faith, said the dwarf. Thou art not honourable enough to speak with my lord. I have spoken with men of as good rank as he, answered Geraint, and would have turned his horse's head that he might ride after the knight, but the dwarf struck him across the face with such a blow that blood spurted forth over his purple scarf. Then in his wrath Geraint clapped hand to sword and would have slain the churl, but that he bethought him how powerless was such a misshapen thing. So refraining himself, he rode back to the queen, and said, Madame, for the time the knight has escaped me, 
that with your leave I will ride after him, and require of him satisfaction for the wrong done to yourself and to your maiden. It must be that I shall come presently to a town where I may obtain armour. Farewell. If I live, you shall have tidings of me by next even. Farewell, said the Queen. I shall ever hold your good service in remembrance. So Geraint rode forth on his quest, and followed the road to the ford of Usk, where he crossed, and then went on his way until he came to a town, at the further end of which rose a mighty castle. And as he entered the town he saw the knight and the lady, and how, as they rode through the streets from every window, the folk craned their necks to see them pass, until they entered the castle and the gate fell behind them. Then was Geraint satisfied that they would not pass hence that night, and turned to him about to see where he could obtain the use of arms, that the next day he might call the knight to account. Now it seemed that the whole town was in ferment. In every house men were busy polishing shields, sharpening swords, and washing armour, and scarce they could find time to answer questions put to them. So at the last, finding nowhere in the town to rest, Geraint rode in the direction of a ruined palace, which stood a little apart from the town, and was reached by a marble bridge spanning a deep ravine. Seated on the bridge was an old man, hoary-headed and clothed in the tattered remains of what had once been splendid attire, who gave Geraint courteous greeting. Sir, said Geraint, I pray ye know where I may find shelter for this night. Come with me, said the old man, and ye shall have the best my old hulls afford. So saying, he led Geraint into a great stone-paved courtyard, surrounded by buildings, once strong fortifications, but then half-burned and ruinous. There he bade Geraint dismount, and led the way into an upper chamber, where he sat an aged dame, and with her a maiden, the fairest Geraint had looked on, for all that her attire was but a faded robe and veil. Then the old man spoke to the maiden, saying, Enid, take the good knight's charger to his stall, and give him corn, then go to the town and buy his provisions for a feast to-night. Now it pleased not Geraint that the maiden should thus do him service, but when he made to accompany her, the old man, her father, stayed him and kept him in converse, until presently she was returned from the town, and had made all ready for the evening meal. Then they sat them down to supper, the old man and his wife, with Geraint between them, and the fair maid, Enid, waited upon them, though it irked the prince to see her do such menial service. So as they ate, they talked, and presently Geraint asked the cause why the palace was all in ruins. "'Sir Knight,' said the old man, "'I am Minor, and once I was lord of a broad earldom. But my nephew, whose guardian I had been, made war upon me, affirming that I had held him from his dues, and being the stronger he prevailed, and seized my lands and burnt my halls, even as ye see, for the townsfolk hold with him, because that, with his tournaments and feastings, he brings many strangers their way. What then is all the sir in the town even now? asked Geraint. Tomorrow, said the earl, they hold the tournament of the sparrowhawk. In the midst of the meadow are set up two forks, and on the forks a silver rod, and on the rod the form of a sparrowhawk. Two years has it been won by the stout knight Adern, and if he win it in the morrow it shall be for I. 
and he himself known as the Sparrowhawk. Tell me, cried Geraint, is that the knight that rode this day with a lady and a dwarf to the castle hard by? The same, said Enol, and a bold knight he is. Then Geraint told them of the insult offered that morning to Queen Guinevere and her maiden, and how he had ridden forth to obtain satisfaction. And now, I pray you, said Geraint, help me come by some arms, and in tomorrow's lists I will call this sparrowhawk to account. Arms have I, answered the earl, old and rusty indeed, yet at your service. But, Sir Knight, ye may not appear in tomorrow's tournament, for none may contend unless he bring with him a lady in whose honour he jousts. Then cried Geraint, Lord Earl, suffer me to lay lance and rest in honour of the fair maiden, your daughter. And if I fail to-morrow, no harm shall have been done to her, and if I win, I will love her my life long, and make her my true wife. Now Enid, her service ended, had left them to their talk, but the Earl, rejoicing that so noble a knight should seek his daughter's love, promised that, with the maiden's consent, all should be as the prince desired. So they retired to rest that night, and the next day at dawn Geraint arose, donning the rusty old armour lent to him by Earl Enor, rode to the lists, and there amongst the humbler sort of onlookers he found the old earl and his wife, and with them their fair daughter. Then the heralds blew their trumpets, and Adern bade his lady-love take the sparrowhawk, her due as fairest of the fair. "'Forbear!' cried Geraint. Here is one fairer and nobler for whom I claim the prize of the tournament. Do battle for it, then, cried Edurn. So the two took their lances and rushed upon one another with a crash like thunder, and each broke his spear. Thus they encountered once again, but at the last Grind bore down upon Edurn with such force that he carried him from his horse, saddle and all. Then he dismounted, and the two rushed upon each other with their swords. Long they fought, the sparks flying and their breath coming hard, till, exerting all his strength, Geraint dealt the other such a blow as cleft his helmet and a bit to the bone. Then Adern flung away his sword and yielded him. "'Thou shalt have thy life,' said Geraint, "'upon condition that forthwith thou goest to Arthur's court, there to deliver thyself to our queen, and make such atonement as shall be adjudged thee, for the insult offer her yesterday morn.' I will do so, answered Adern, and when his wounds had been dressed, he got heavily to horse and rode forth to Carleon. Then the young earl, Enol's nephew, adjudged the sparrowhawk to Geraint, as victor in the tourney, and prayed him to come to his castle to rest and feast. But Geraint, declining courteously, said that it behooved him to go where he had rested the night before. Where may that have been? asked the earl. For though you come not to my castle, yet I would see that you fare as befits your valour. I rested even with Hinol, your uncle, answered Geraint. The young girl mused a while, and then he said, I will seek you then in my uncle's halls, and bring with me the means to furnish forth a feast. And so it was. Scarcely had Prince Geraint returned to the ruined hall and the bathed and rested him after his neighbours, when the young earl arrived and with him forty of his followers, bearing all manner of stores and plenishings. And that same hour the young earl was accorded with Enol, his uncle, 
restoring him to the lands of which he had deprived him, and pledging his word to build up again the ruined palace. When they had gone to the banquet, then came to them Enid, attired in beautiful raiment befitting her rank, and the old earl led her to grind, saying, Prince, here is the maiden for whom ye fought, and I freely bestow her upon you. So Geraint took her hand before them all, and said, She shall ride with me to Caerleon, and there will I wed her before Arthur's court. Then to Enid he said, Gentle maiden, bear with me when I pray you to don the faded robe and veil in which first I saw you. And Enid, who was ever gentle and meek, did as he desired, and that evening they rode to Caerleon. So when they drew near the king's palace, word was brought to Guinevere of their approach. Then the queen went forth to greet the good knight, and when she had heard all his story, she kissed the maiden, and leading her into her own chamber, arrayed her right royally for her marriage with the prince. And that evening they were wed amidst graced rejoicing, in the presence of all the knights and ladies of the court, the king himself giving Enid to her husband. Many happy days they spent at Caerleon, rejoicing in the love and goodwill of Arthur and his queen. End of Stories from Le Mont d'Arthur and the Mabignon Chapter 19, Book 5 The Adventures of Sir Geraint Written by Beatrice Clay Read by Ashling.